Thanks for joining us here at Thrive Church. We're a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. For more information, go to our website, www.thrivechurch.co.za. Here we are. Good morning, you lovely people. Happy 2019. And let me just echo Pastor Can's wishes for each and every one of you. We do pray that this is going to be just a brilliant year, a phenomenal year, a year filled with such a sense of God's presence. That's kind of the word that I've had on my heart as I've been praying into the new year and, uh, and I've been thinking about what is it that I wish really for you as families and as people in our church. And I think the one thing is that you would have an, a deep abiding sense of God's presence, that we wouldn't necessarily just look to Him for solutions, but we're, that we'd look for His presence first and foremost. So happy 2019. I know it's gonna be an awesome year. And we've got to start the year well, as Pastor Kane said. We've got to start the year with faith. We've got to start the year with expectation. We've got to start the year believing that the best is yet to come. You know, people start the year in weird and wonderful ways, don't they? Uh, there are weird New Year's resolutions. I saw some weird New Year's resolutions over the last little while. Check them out. A couple of them will come up on the screen. Let's check these things out. People have issues. My New Year's resolution is to never by accident walk in on my dad cleaning the shower naked ever again. How many of you would make that a firm resolution? Next one. Use my gym card more. Just... Forgot to work out yesterday and today. Looks like my New Year's resolution will have to wait till next year. Anybody been there yet? Come on, be honest. If you, who, who slipped up on the gym this week already? Come on, put your hands up. Yeah, lots of you punks. My New Year's resolution is to overcome my OCD. My New Year's resolution is to overcome my OCD. My New Year's resolution is to overcome my OCD. <laughs> Anybody OCD in this place? Yes, lots of you. My resolution is not to go to the gym on days ending in Y. To become as fat as I was the very first time that I ever thought I was fat. Anybody relate to that? Stop using my cat as an excuse for a boyfriend. My New Year's resolution is to be more assertive, if that's okay with you guys. To do whatever to forget 2016 ever existed. Sad, hey. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm not a great one for New Year's resolutions, but what I do believe in doing and what God always brings me back to at the beginning of every new year is to reaffirm core values and beliefs. Kind of like a, a resetting the compass, if that makes sense. What's true north? First things first which is the series that we kick off today. First things first, like, what do I believe actually? God, what do I believe about the new year? Let's get some stuff straight. And I kind of have to align and I write down some stuff of what I believe. The first thing that I really believe is that we love Brackpan. <laughs> but on a more serious note, we, I, I have to remind myself, we live in a beautiful country with beautiful people. God loves our country and He has a plan for our country. And we should be praying for our country like never before. That's why Pray Connect, Pray First in a couple of weeks. We believe, I believe, that God is a good God. 
that He loves us passionately and He loves us unconditionally. We've got to start the year with these things deeply ingrained within us. We've got to believe that our good God wants nothing more than for you and I to be in life-giving friendship with Him. I believe, we believe, our church believes that the local church is the hope of the world. Every community deserves a life-giving church. Jesus is building his church. He will continue to build his church until he comes back again. I believe that we have the great privilege of partnering with him in this because everybody should find life and peace and purpose. And because they can find life and peace and purpose, we move people towards Jesus. Our church exists to help you move towards Jesus. And we do that by learning how to be with Jesus, learning how to become like Jesus, learning how to do what Jesus did. These are integral. These are part of our fabric. This is our DNA. If you cut us open, our blood's not green. Our blood's Jesus. I believe every new year presents a great opportunity for us to do just that. We weren't put on this earth to suck oxygen. We were put on this earth to do something for God. To change our world. You know, you don't have to change the world, just change your world. Every new year is a great new opportunity to learn how to be with Jesus, become like Jesus, do what Jesus did. At the beginning of every new year, we have to start off by centering ourselves about what do we believe about life in Joburg, in South Africa, at this time in history. We have to. First things first, we've got to remind ourselves about what really matters. It's a time not only when I reaffirm and rethink about my core beliefs, but I start to think about, well, what should be first, you know? What really matters? What should I give my time to? What should I give my attention to? What should I be giving my energy to? What really matters? What do I need to give priority? Because I think all of us, I could say this would be true for all of us. All of us, we all want to live in new and better ways, don't we? We all want to live differently. We all want to live better. And I'm not talking about living better like a, quali- a, a better quality of life materially. I, I don't think the deep ache within each one of us is to buy a new car. Because the smell of the new car wears off a lot quicker than the payments on the new car. Are you with me now? I think the deep ache, all of us is how do we live differently? How do we live better? How do we live with more texture? How do we live with more meaning in our lives? Jesus had the opportunity one time in scripture to remind people one day about priorities and putting first things first. Luke chapter five, 33 to 39. Are you ready to go this morning? Verse 33 onwards. Jesus' critics questioned him. John the prophet is known for leading his disciples to frequently fast and pray. As the religious leaders of the land, we do the same. Why do you and your disciples spend most of your time feasting at banquets? You can always tell religious people because they're always hated when anybody has a good time. Jesus replied, should you make the sons of the bridal chamber fast while celebrating with the bridegroom? But when the bridegroom is taken away from them, then you will see them fasting. And he gave them this illustration. Hey, no one rips up 
a new garment to make patches for an old worn out one. Think about his words. No one rips up a new garment to make patches, in other words, out of the new, for an old worn out one. If you tear up the new to make a patch for the old, it will not match the old garment. Is everybody tracking? And who pours new wine into an old wineskin? If someone did, the old wineskin would burst and the new wine would be lost. In other words, both things would be lost. Not only would the new wineskin be lost, uh, the, the wine be lost, but the wineskin itself would be lost. He goes on, new wine must always be poured into new wineskins. Yet you say the old ways are better and you refuse to even taste the new that I bring. Jesus is talking to the people here, encouraging them to embrace new. He was talking to, he was talking to them about the fact that he had brought the kingdom, there was a new era in the kingdom of God that had been ushered in and he was encouraging them to let go of and leave behind their old ways and to embrace him as the new uh, manifestation of the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? The other day, Pastor Ken and I went to Eastgate and we went to the Starbucks in Eastgate. Now, having traveled uh, a little bit all over the show, in other countries, Starbucks kind of is a symbol of, look, it's coffee is okay. It's coffee's average. You don't really go to Starbucks for the coffee as much as you go because it's like this little beacon. It's like this little symbol of when you get there, you're gonna get a warm, welcoming environment. It's gonna be like your neighborhood kind of hangout spot. It's kind of the place where you go and you see some guys working and some guys talking and some guys on first dates. and some, you, know, you know what? It's that kind of place. So Starbucks, we've always loved going to Starbucks. I love going to Starbucks whenever I'm overseas anywhere. It's kind of like this place. It says warm, it says welcoming. Anyway, we went to the Eastgate Starbucks and walked in only for me to be convinced that the very first glance that the barista gave me convinced me that he hated me with all of his heart. In that moment, I thought, you hate me, and I don't know why. <laughs> Under much duress, he took my order, which was a pretty simple order, and proceeded to make it with long thunder. Long teeth. <laughs> and the cashier was even worse. And then we proceeded to the little hangout spot like where you're supposed to sit and hang out. And I couldn't find a single table that wasn't spilt on or messed on or that wasn't surrounded by till slips and just stuff. And like with, under much sort of hesitation, we sat down and kind of just agreed like, let's sit and get this drink and let's get out of here. And the thing is, you can put a, you can put a logo on a store. But it's like putting an old patch on something new. If you're a business owner here, you know you can have the sexiest logo. 
the coolest purpose statement, mission statement, vision statement, the most awesome visuals of your values and vision and all of that stuff. But if your people aren't living your brand, it's like putting an old patch on something new. It doesn't match. And so Jesus tells the story about these wineskins. Now let me show you a picture of what these wineskins, you've got uh, like sheep wineskins and goat wineskins. They're made out of the skin of sheep and goats. It's not a very pretty looking thing. I don't know if I'd want to drink anything out of that, actually. But yes, what Jesus was saying is that you can't, firstly, you, you, you can't take a patch of old, of new, of a new wineskin and put it onto an old one. Because it doesn't match. It's not going to work. Secondly, you can't take new wine that's still fermenting and put it into an old wineskin. The reason for that is as the, as the wine went in, as new wine went in, it's still fermenting. Carbon dioxide is, is released in the fermentation process. New wine is still becoming, it's, it's like a young wine, it's still becoming all that it can be. And CO2 is released, carbon dioxide is released, and so it expands as, as, it, as it gets older. And if you put new wine into an old one of those, that old skin has already stretched as much as it can. It can't stretch anymore. So you put something new into something old, the old breaks and the new is lost. And Jesus is saying, you can't fit me into your old life. You can try, but I don't fit into old. I'm not about old. I, I'm not into last year. I'm into this year. As Pastor Ken said, I'm a progressive God. I don't hang around in 2018. I hang around in 2019. In fact, Jesus has already got his footprints in our future. At his core, what Jesus was telling us with this story is that you can't mix old and new. Verse 36, let's go there first. He gave them this illustration. No one rips up a new garment to make patches for an old, worn-out one. If you tear up the new to make a patch for the old, it will not match the old garment. Can I have my jacket, please, my old jacket? You can't, Jesus is saying, you can't, you can't put new onto the old. Here's my old jacket. This is my jacket from high school. It still fits. That's no, that, that has nothing to do with me. This thing was bought too big. Do you know, do you know, do you know, you know how, how nerdy you feel when your school clothes are too big? I went through my entire matric year feeling like a muhu because it is too big. But this thing's, this thing's old. I'm not going to tell you how old it is, but it is old. Okay. And the thing is, hey, we, we, if, we, if we're not careful to take off the old, we, we wear old. And then what we do is we, we, try, and, we try and get new and we, we patch onto the old. And Christ is the new wineskin. And, and what we try and do is we try and, we try and patch up areas of our lives. And we believe in a patch up Jesus. So can I have my first patch? Um, so we like, God, my finances aren't working. Can you just, Jesus, can you just patch up my finances? We try to put the new onto the old. Jesus, my marriage, I, I just need you to patch up. Can you fix my marriage? Just patch up my marriage. 
Jesus, that addiction that I've got, to, like, could you just, could you put some new on? You see, the issue is we're starting to patch. We're just patching. But we're still wearing an old jacket. Oh, Jesus, my anxiety and my depression. Patch up, Jesus. Could you just patch that area of my life up? Comfort and convenience. I, I just, could you make me comfortable? Could you make my life convenient? And so we end up with a patch job Jesus and a patch job life, but we're still wearing the old jacket. The patch doesn't match, does it? So I made a rhyme. The patch don't match. <laughs> if you remember nothing else about the sermon, remember, the patch don't match. Because Jesus doesn't do mixing with the old. Jesus is not a patch-up job. If you're looking for Jesus to patch up your life, I've got good news and bad news for you. Let me give you the bad news first. He doesn't do patch-up. Okay, the good news is he's the most extraordinarily skilled tailor. So for Amy and Kulu's wedding, I went and got a new suit. And I went there and it was a little bit too big. And I thought, I will not relive my matric year. <laughs> so I went to the Oriental Plaza. <laughs> and I got this thing tailored perfectly. Now before Christmas, this could close. Let's just... <laughs> but Jesus does new jackets. And Jesus doesn't want to fix your life. He wants to replace your life. Jesus, please listen to me. This, Jesus didn't come to make you better. He came to make us new. Let me give you an example. When we pray, prayers like, oh God, Jesus, God, bless my finances. Help me get a new job. Help me get out of debt. We're praying patch-up prayers. But the new jacket prayer is, God, help me to see money differently. Help me to honor you first with my finances. Help me to have the faith to give first 10% of you as a sign of honor and worship to you so that I put you above my money. Help me to have the right perspective of money. A, a, a new jacket prayer is, God, I, I realize I live in a consumer-driven culture. I realize that there's so many things that compete for my money. Would you help me to have the humility and the moderation to live within my means? Would you give me the discipline to, aff to afford only what I can afford? Would you give me the wisdom to only buy when I can buy for cash, excluding houses and cars, okay? Are you with me? Now, when we pray, Jesus Please fix my marriage. Help me to have peace in my home. We're praying a patch-up prayer. A new jacket prayer is that God has given us special guidance and specific instruction as to how to conduct ourselves in marriage. So instead of praying, Jesus, help my marriage, we say, help me to become the person that I would like to be married to. 
Are you with me? And so on and so on. Jesus, fix my addiction. No, Jesus, help me to surrender myself to you more fully. Which Jesus do you want? The patch-up job Jesus or the new jacket Jesus? Verse 37. And who pours new wine into an old wineskin? Jesus is like, you've got to be crazy to do that. If someone did, the old wineskin would burst and the new wine would then be lost. New wine, he says, must always be poured into new wineskins. Yet you say the old ways are better and you refuse to even taste the new that I bring. For you and I, for us to become the kinds of people that God wants us and has destined us to be in 2019, we will have to abandon some old wineskins in our lives. Jesus is firstly telling us he doesn't do patch-up jobs. He does new jackets. He doesn't mix the old with the new. He replaces. But he's also telling us that the old can't contain the new. He's reminding us that if you want to be the person that God is calling you to be, if you want to see the activity of God in your life, if you want the blessing of God in your life, I'm not talking about some dodgy TBN prosperity gospel. I'm talking about the deep-seated peace and presence and blessing of God in our lives. If we want that, we will have to abandon some old wineskins because they can't hold the new of what he wants to do. You can't put new into old. And we got God, give me something new. God, do something new. And he's like, could you get rid of the old wineskin? Because I can't do anything with the container of your life that's old. You're still thinking old. You're still thinking yesterday. You're still living in the past. You're, you haven't got eyes for the future. I can't do that because you won't give me a, a new wineskin to work with. We can try and pour the new wine of knowing God and knowing Jesus into the old wineskin of never reading his word, but it won't work. That's why we've got a Bible reading plan. You can sign up at thrivechurch.ca.za on the home banner. You can sign up still today. You can sign up and get the Bible reading plan sent to you every single week. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live the better way? We can't try and pour the new wine of a blessed marriage into the old wineskin of sleeping with your prospective partner before you get married. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live the better way? We can't try and pour the new wine of finding a godly marriage partner into the old wineskin of looking where you've always looked, doing what you've always done. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live the better way? I speak to so many young adults. I say, hey, how's it going finding a marriage partner? No, I'm praying that God brings the right one my way. I'm like, what are you doing to get out? Because the only person that I know that arrives at your door is the FedEx guy. You've got you to get out there. You've got to fish in some ponds. 
We can't try and pull the new one of putting him first and surrendering our lives more fully to him. We can't live Christ-centered, fully surrendered lives if we, pers- if we persist with the old wineskin of not praying. And so that's why as a church, we, we've called us, all of us together, to 10 days of prayer and fasting. We're gonna fast and we're gonna pray. And Prayer Connect's happening on the 23rd. We're gonna get together as a church and we're gonna remind ourselves in 2019, we will pray first. We will pray for our businesses first. We'll pray for our country first. We'll pray for our marriage partners first. We'll pray for our university first. We'll pray for our families first. We'll pray for our children first. We'll pray for our faith first. Are you with me? We're gonna surrender ourselves for 10 days of fasting and prayer. You might say to me, what's a fast and why do we fast? Fasting is simply just giving up something that we're accustomed to. And the idea behind it is that every time we we, we feel the urge for that thing, our minds get directed to God instead of that thing. For example, coffee. You fast coffee in the morning, you oh, I need my coffee. And now there's no coffee and you, you think of God and you pray. If it's TV, you sit down in front of it and oh, there's no TV. Oh, I'm, I'm fasting, think of God, pray. And so on, salt and vinegar chips. That moment when you go to the cupboard, you open So you can fast anything that matters to you. If you're a foodie, then you fast food. If you're a coffee addict, you fast coffee. If you're a TV holic and a Netflix crazy person, then you fast Netflix, right? You fast, it has to hurt you. It has to be like a deep tissue massage. Like, oh, that's good, but it hurts. Are you with me now? It starts the 21st of January. We're gonna fast and pray together. You see, we've got to have new wineskin. You can't try and pour the new wine of integrity at work into an old wineskin of cutting corners. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live the better way? You can't try and pour the new wineskin of serving Jesus into an old wineskin of convenience. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live the better way? People at the start of the year, oh, I don't know if I could serve. That might mean I'd have to get up earlier. Absolutely it does. The question on your mind is, well, am I creating something new for God to use me? Am I gonna do something with my life? Am I gonna make a difference? Or am I just gonna rock up at church week in, week out, get a sermon, go home and, and feel blessed? There's more to your life than that. Don't stay stuck there, please. We can't try and pull the new wineskin of honoring God with our money into the old wineskin of, oh, I don't tithe, that's for crazy people. Well, I can't afford it. Let me say this to you. In this economy, you can't afford not to tithe. Because we need the blessing of God on our money. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live a better way? You can't try and pull the new wineskin of doing life together of having meaningful connection and friendships, of doing your Christian walk, your, your Christ-following life. You can't pour the new wine of that into the old wineskin of, oh, I don't go out at night. I can't go to life group because I'm busy. Can't, it, it, it won't work. Do you want the new wine? Do you want to live the better way? Have you new to thrive? Have you just started attending? If you want the new wineskin of feeling integrated, 
and connected and you're understanding this place. If you want the new ones kind of genuinely partnering with the church, becoming a member, a partner, making, if you want the new wine skin of this is home, then you can't, you've, you've got to get into move forward. You can even start this week. If this is your first week at church, move forward. We're only in week two. You could start this week now. Happens straight after the second service. So you could chill out, go home, do what you need to do, come back. Got great news for you. In February, move forward will be happening during the second service during the second service. So we'll have first service, second service we're going. While we're here, people will be moving forward in another venue because we've got a 5 p.m. service starting in February as well. So another option, a new wineskin for people to move towards Christ. Amen. Move forward is the front door to our church. I went to a restaurant the other day. I couldn't find the front door. Like, which entrance do you want me to use? Like, where, where do I go where the dude says, like, please wait to be seated? You know that dude who, like, says, go here. Like, which door do you want? I ended up going around the back and walked into the toilets. We don't ever want people to come to Thrive and work, walk to the toilets first. Because the bathrooms are lovely, but really, move forward's better. Are you all with me? It's 8 o'clock alive and kicking? Let me give you an equation. If you, if you sucked at maths at school, this is not a hard equation, relax, okay. The equation is this, change or rate of change equals dissatisfaction times vision times plan. In other words, the rate at which you and I will decide to change and to embrace new wineskins, the rate at which we will do that is equal to the level of our dissatisfaction with our current wineskin, Right? multiplied by the vision or the sense of vision that we have for the future or the vision of how bad our wineskin actually is that we need to get rid of, times by the plan. Let me ask you three questions this morning around this. Number one, how dissatisfied are you with your old wineskin? Because you won't change squat unless it really sucks. You won't, I won't. I've got to hit rock bottom. I'm asking you the question this morning, is there something in your life, maybe it's the fact that you pursued a comfort-based life, maybe it is you can't trust God with your money, maybe it is you've been thinking about convenience, maybe it is that you've done a patch job, maybe you don't pray, maybe you don't read your, your, get into scripture, maybe you're not pursuing a life-giving friendship with God because it's just too much like stuff that you think you have to do. Well, that's an old wineskin. So I want to say to you, Nothing in your life will change unless your dissatisfaction grows to the point at which you become determined to do something about it. I've got to get properly fat and feel like my jeans don't fit in order for me to realize I've got to stop the chips. Are you with me now? Don't look at me with judgmental eyes, you have. How dissatisfied? Second question. Have you got vision to see what's got old? And can you see how it doesn't fit into Jesus' way of life? In other words, I'm asking you the question, can you see which wineskins have got old? Perhaps it's your fear of trusting God with your money. And so you're not generous, you never give the way you could be giving, as Jesus would want you to do. Maybe it's an old wineskin 
that needs to go. Perhaps it's your decision to be comfortable and pursue the convenience, and so you never serve because you think it's too much effort. That's an old wineskin that needs to go. Perhaps you got stuck in a rut and you never get out and you're still hoping you'll meet the right person or you're still hoping you'll get friends or get a life, but you never go anywhere. That's an old wineskin that needs to go. Perhaps you are not experiencing the life-giving friendship with Jesus the way he would love you to. Perhaps it's the fact that you haven't created the time and space to pray. That's an old wineskin that needs to go. I think you get the picture, right? Third question, do you have a plan to hold the new wine? Do you have a plan? Do you, want, do you have a plan to live a better way? If you're wanting to deepen your intimacy with Jesus this year, sign up for 20, 10 days of prayer and fasting. If your decision is to pray, well, be at Prayer Connect. If your decision is to get and to do your Christian life, your, your faith life with people, well, then sign up for Life Group. Get a plan in place is what I'm saying. If your decision is to trust God with your money, well, then start giving. Start giving 2% or 3% of your income. Start somewhere. But get a plan in place. If your plan is to lose weight, well, then you've got to get a plan. You've got to either eat less or exercise more or both. Are you with me? You cannot pray to lose weight. I mean, we do, hey, we do, but like, God, that's a patch-up prayer. The new jacket prayer is, God, give me the discipline and the fire under my backside to start exercising. You all hanging with me? All okay? First things first. Have to live understanding the mindset that the old doesn't mix with the new. We have to understand first things first, Jesus came not to make our lives better, but to make our lives new. First things first, let's abandon the idea of a patch job, Jesus. Let's start uh, stop asking him to patch up areas and let's rather surrender them to him. And let's live under the authority of scripture in those areas. And actually revolutionary idea, do what the Bible tells us to do in those areas. And let's discard the old wineskins that we need to so that we can hold the new that he has for us. Are you receiving something this morning? Let me tell you about Telemachus. Not Roger Telemachus. Not that dude. Not the Proteus spinner. Telemachus was a monk. We're not quite sure of his date of birth, but we do know his date of death. He died on January the 1st, 404 AD. He died in the middle of a gladiatorial arena in Rome. The reason he died was that he heard there was a gladiator contest that was going on on January the 1st, 404 AD. He, he went to the arena uh, hating the idea of going, but he went as a sign of protest. And he would call to people as they went in, don't go in there. But they went in nonetheless. And then the gladiators started to fight and they started to stab each other and people were getting maimed and, and killed and two new gladiators came out and he couldn't handle it anymore and he, he jumped out of his seat and ran. Remember, they didn't have soccer security guys like they do in the UK, you know, with the, the jackets that stand like this. 
he ran out of his seat and he ran into the middle of the arena and he pleaded with the two gladiators. He said, don't do this, guys. Don't do this. Don't kill each other. This is, this is not what we do as Christians. See, Rome had recently converted to Christianity under Constantinople. It had been adopted as the official religion. It was actually the start of the demise of Christianity. Because anytime the state and religion get too close, bad news for Christianity. Let me say this to you. The church does not need the government's support. We don't need the president's support because church and state should be separate because the church always thrives when it's persecuted. We don't need government to support us. We don't need government to be good to churches. Jesus is good to the church and he will sort it out. Anyway, that was for free. Okay, coming up. <laughs> Telemachus stands in the middle of the arena and he says, this is not, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. The crowd, the mob got so incensed, so furious, they stoned him to death. He died a martyr. His actions caused the Roman emperor to reconsider gladiatorial games and they never had another gladiatorial game in Rome from 404 AD onwards. From the time of his death onwards, they never had another gladiator contest in Rome. Because one man stood up and said, the old doesn't mix with the new. Killing doesn't mix with Christ. This pagan way of life doesn't mix with Jesus. New wineskins. It's a new year. He did it on January 1st, 404 AD. It's a new year. God's got much in store for you. Much in store for your family. Much in store for you as people and much in store for our church. Let's abandon the idea of a patch job Jesus. Stop praying for him to fix up stuff and start surrendering that area to him. Let's pursue new wineskins so that when he pours new into us, we can hold it. It won't tear, it won't break, it won't split open. Nothing will be lost. Are you a new wineskin this year? Change equals dissatisfaction. The level of dissatisfaction that you have in your life multiplied by the vision you have for a better life. Multiplied by the plan that you have for that. I want to pray a prayer of blessing over you this morning. What a privilege it is, first Sunday back for Pastor Ken and I, to pray a blessing over you. Are you ready to lift your heart to heaven this morning? God, thank you that we can be gathered here. Thank you that we can look ahead to a new year. Thank you that we get reminded to look ahead with faith and not trepidation, that we get to look ahead with eyes to the future, 
and not eyes in the rearview mirror. Thank you that we're reminded by your word, Jesus. It always challenges us. It always comforts us. It always quickens us. It always shakes us up that we're reminded that the old doesn't mix with the new, that Jesus, you have new things in store for us. You have new life for us. You have a better way to live for us. You have new wine waiting for us. Help us to become the people that are ready to accommodate new wine. Would you give us a plan? Would you give us a level of dissatisfaction? Would you give us a vision for what it is that you want to do in our lives? Would you help us to become so wholly discontented with the state, with the way things have been in our lives, in those areas that need to change, that you'd bring forth lasting fruit in those areas? This message was recorded live at Thrive Church. We hope that it inspired you to move towards Jesus.